There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Living life as a gringo Where you question where you fit in every time you mingle They say you do this with not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos, of course Today is our Thursday Trends episode Normally I would have a guest on But I'm not gonna lie to y'all It's been kind of a mess getting this episode up uh, A lot of tech issues and then a lot of scheduling issues So I'm flying solo, but I'm feeling good about it because there's a few things I want to get to that I'm incredibly passionate about that we'll touch on when it comes to today's show. We have a racist school board member in Pennsylvania. Surprise, surprise. We'll get into that story. Let's talk Cardi B and man, the the mental health toll that online harassment has has taken on her. I want to give my take on this whole Joe Rogan uh, controversy that's been happening, you know, as a fellow podcaster. I want to talk about that. And then on some positivity, let's talk about the Oscars. You had a plethora of Latinos nominated for the Oscars, so we'll get into that, as well as a new music competition show focused on Latin music that Netflix is launching. And, of course, we'll have our Ask a Gringo segment. I'm going to get y'all's take. Uh, on something that was inspired by uh, that Netflix um, documentary movie, whatever the hell you want to call it, The Tinder Swindler. So we'll get into, into that. First, though, man, let's just get right into the nonsense we've seen that's uh, been trending the last week or so. We'll do a deep dive, as we always do, in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say a lot for the people in the back. All right, let's start on a, I guess, not surprising, but incredibly revealing uh, story that points to the state of our, our, our country, unfortunately. So you had this uh, school board member in Pennsylvania who was talking about failing test scores for their school district. And she's getting a lot of backlash. This has been getting shared. It's, it's viral. It's the Oxford Area School District in Pennsylvania. And a school board member named Jennifer Kays, um, white woman, just for the sake of context, 
was going on a bit of a rant and and saying that essentially illegal immigrants were to blame for the district's failing scores. She says, and I quote, I think we should really take into consideration what we put in a policy that applies to illegal immigrants because those people may potentially continue on this downward trend as we have people coming into our school district who don't speak any English, who have no schooling in America. And I think what what's, what's funny about this whole thing, if you watch the whole video, it's on wearemetoo.com. But this this woman brings up this like fucking pie chart that she pulled off some random website on the Internet, and it shows her school district's declining scores. Right. And literally that all all it shows is like the last 10 years, the the trend that they've had as far as dropping in their ranking in the in the state of Pennsylvania. That's all the, the chart shows. But from that, she deducts that the reason why it's failing is because of illegal immigrants in the school. And, and actually, one of the other school board members pushes back on it and says, do you have any actual data? You just are making a generalized statement. And she just keeps pointing. I have this chart. I have this chart here. And literally, the chart doesn't fucking say anything about illegal immigrants. And, and the irony is that you as a school are not allowed to ask about the immigration status. Legally, you cannot ask about the immigration status of a student. So there actually won't be any data on how many, quote unquote, illegal immigrant students you have because you're not allowed to ask. So there's no way you have any actual proof of, of what you're saying. You're, you're just showing your racism and your bias at the end of the day. And sadly, and I, and I just point this out because sadly, it's far. It, it's just like the norm of the American way, right? Like, just like you've always heard, oh, Mexicans are taking our jobs. Illegal immigrants are taking our jobs. And if you go historically even further back, it was like blacks and Puerto Ricans are taking our jobs. It's like the buck is always just being passed to the people that are considered outsiders, right? That's what we do in this country. The people in power who have historically been white love to blame people of color for their problems. And the sad thing is people like this woman, Jennifer Kays, don't even feel compelled to have actual evidence. They think that their opinion is good enough. And it's an incredibly sad state of affairs because stuff like this doesn't just exist in, in the vacuum of this small, you know, small school district. It's literally the types of things that empowered these crazy people to stage a coup and try and take over the Capitol because they didn't want to believe that President Trump lost. Like that that's that's the scary thing about it. It's literally we're, we're taking people's random ideas and opinions and believing it as facts. And like the last thing I'll say on this is I, I can't even just remember that we had the gubernatorial race um, in, in where I'm originally from, Jersey. And I can remember seeing people that I grew up with on like Facebook being like, I don't know anybody that voted for Phil Murphy. This had to be fixed. It's like that's that's your factual. It was fixed because you personally in your insulated friend group don't know anyone who voted for Phil Murphy. That's your factual statement that you're going to claim our democracy has been corrupted. And that is the huge, huge problem that we face where people literally just apparently don't give a shit about facts or having to be factual. And to their credit, back to the story, you had people on that school board pushing back on, on what she was saying. But the scary thing is people like her get put in these positions and can cause some sort of havoc for others like her who are just looking for a scapegoat. Now, moving on to. Another dark story here. Uh, we, we saw Cardi B talking about feeling 
suicidal because of the online harassment that she was dealing with during a, a lawsuit that she had with uh, the online blogger Tasha K, who was apparently spreading all kinds of crazy rumors about her. Cardi goes on to say, quote, I felt extremely suicidal. I felt defeated and depressed. I didn't want to sleep with my husband. And this article goes on to kind of say, you know, it's, it's often surprising to hear people like Cardi who, you know, are wealthy and have won Grammy Awards and, you know, are celebrities and all these things to talk about being affected by social media. But it, it goes to point out how, you know, none of us are impervious to being affected by the negativity of social media. It's, it's just too much ingrained in our culture. And they, they start going on to social scientists and talking about, you know, why as human beings, you know, there is this comfortability in trashing others, right? And in saying words to them that we would never say in person. And, and they talk about how the internet may be desensitizing us to the pain of others. Now, they have these social scientists that say much of our capacity for empathy relies on nonverbal cues, right? So face-to-face, when we say something mean to someone, our brain processes their physical reactions, their smile falters, their shoulders slump, they may even begin to cry, right? So we're, we're seeing what we're doing to them. And that, that is sort of what, where we might get our empathy from. Oh, I feel bad. I made that person cry. You, I could see that I, I sucked the joy out of their face, right? But they go on to say, when we attack somebody online, we don't see their reaction. So the pang of guilt we feel when we see that we hurt someone's feelings isn't there. And then the, they have this uh, licensed mental health counselor and founder of Mind Matters Mental Health Counseling, Dr. Minerva Guerrero. She says, quote, anonymity gives people power. Distance also gives people power. People often have no boundaries online. This makes people more comfortable to say things that they would most likely never say to someone's face. The idea of being able to hurt people with possibly facing no consequences also gives people the illusion of power. And they give a few a few kind of tips here on on how you can, I guess, handle this if you're being the victim of of harassment being via social media. And they actually say four in 10 Americans have experienced online harassment in their lifetimes. And listen, I'm not going to lie. I've seen some mean comments people have left on my shit, and it's definitely affected me and made me think twice about, you know, doing things. It's just human nature, and it's just a sad kind of state of the world that we live in where where people feel so comfortable tearing down one another, you know, and especially tearing down people you don't even know. And I can't even imagine. I, I, I more so feel bad for any kids that are growing up right now during this era, you know, where rumors don't have to spread you know, between kids face to face anymore. Somebody could just post something mean on the internet and everybody, you know, is looking at you like you're crazy, you know, or you could be bullied not just in person anymore, but via, you know, people hiding behind Instagram pages and things like that. It's just a scary, scary state of the world. And I think we have to learn how to face a lot of these things, you know, head on via laws and regulations and things like that, because it's it's a whole new world and it's becoming such a ingrained part of our society and our culture that there has to be some sort of rules and regulations. And unfortunately, you know, we, we saw this when it came to the election and the misinformation that was happening. And the sad thing is that we have people in positions of power who are ancient and don't understand how these things actually work. So they're not there understanding the real repercussions that, that come from social media and don't understand its need for, for you know, regulation. And they give a few different tips if you're experiencing harassment. Like I said, they say, Assess the bullying and and check lo- your local laws. See if you can prosecute this person. Be mindful of the company that you keep. You know, keep positive people around you. And they also say minimize your exposure to the bullying. Right when it comes to social media, learn how to take breaks from social media. 
But again, I think there also needs to be far more regulation when it when it comes to social media as it becomes more and more ingrained in our everyday lives. And that actually leads perfectly into the last piece of nonsense that I want to cover for today's show. And that is all the controversy surrounding podcaster Joe Rogan. And you know, actually, let, let's take a quick break here and then we'll, we'll dive into everything Rogan. So we'll be right back. The best things in life, they come in twos. Two scoops of ice cream, two tacos. And now for a limited time, get our best deal of the year. Buy any phone when you switch to Consumer Cellular and get two months of service free. That's right, the same fast, reliable nationwide coverage as Big Wireless, now with two months free. Proof the best things in life really do come in twos. Visit ConsumerCellular.com or call 1-888-FREEDOM. Second and third month of monthly base service fee waived for new customers with the purchase of a phone and activation by July 31st, 2024. Taxes, fees, and third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen, very sexy push-up bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. Now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape Fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. All right, we are back. And I want to talk about Joe Rogan, podcaster to podcaster here, all the controversy that has been, been happening between him and Spotify. Anybody that doesn't know, he has, you know, done a plethora of of things that are controversial for people, be it guests that he's had on his show, you know, who have spewed COVID-19 misinformation, having controversial figures like Alex Jones, who just spew lies and hate. And then recently, a a video began to make its rounds that was like a montage of, of all the times Joe Rogan said the N-word on his show which uh, to count was at least 24 times. And I don't mean just saying like the N-word like I'm saying. I mean, he full-blown said it hard E-R. And then also there was this joke where he he was telling the story of, of going to see 
um, wanted to go see the movie Planet of the Apes. And he was in some random city that he wasn't familiar with. And the taxi dropped him off. And when he stepped out into the neighborhood, which was a black neighborhood, he felt like he was actually in the movie Planet of the Apes. That's his words right there. So obviously, a lot of really just disgusting things coming from Joe Rogan, you know, who is known for for walking that line, right? For pushing the envelope and and what he calls, you know, being open to having conversations with any with both sides, you know. Um, but really, just stirring the pot. That's what it comes down to. It's just stirring the pot, and and then it's further magnified because he's in in business with a giant company like Spotify, who paid him a hundred million dollars to bring his podcast to their platform. And I know a lot of people will be like, "It's his First Amendment right to speak this way." Well, actually, the First Amendment only protects your speech from government censorship. Right? This applies to federal, state, and local government actors, right? So this means that you can't be censored by the government, be it local or or on a federal level, but it doesn't include, does not include protection against private citizens, businesses, or organizations censoring you. And to cite specific examples, freedomforuminstitute.org cites a few things and they say, okay, a private school can suspend students for criticizing a school policy. A private business can fire an employee for expressing political views on the job. And a private media company can, can refuse to publish or broadcast opinions it disagrees with, which sounds that last one a lot like Spotify, what they are able to do. They are able to take down episodes, which they did take down uh, apparently all the episodes with the N-word. They are able to take his show completely off the platform if they want to all of the above, right? So all of you people claiming that this is a free speech argument, it is not. I just broke down the law for you as it stands. Now, with that out of the way, I do want to give my opinion as somebody who does exist in this space and somebody who enjoys the freedom that comes along with podcasting, right? Like I used to work in radio and you have the, you know, I still do it in certain, you know, capacities, but you have the FCC who monitors overall that you're doing, right? You can't curse. You can't um, be sexually explicit. You you have to be mindful of the way you phrase certain things, all of the above, right? There's a governing body there to keep you in line. And I've enjoyed podcasting, being able to kind of just do whatever I wanted to do. Now, with that said, I think it's important that we we don't allow it to now just become a free-for-all, given the way that media moves so quickly and people are so quick to believe that anybody with a YouTube channel is legit and, and must be telling the truth. I.e. again, we saw January 6th, the insurrection, you know, all these all these people. I mean, the QAnon shit that we're seeing, right? It's a lot of people who who don't understand that anybody can put up a YouTube video. Anybody can creatively edit a TikTok video to look legit. That doesn't mean that they know what the fuck they're talking about or they're a credible source on a subject. So to me, there becomes this idea that we need to protect ourselves, right? That we need protection from ourselves, unfortunately. The same way laws are in place, right? that to protect us from ourselves, drunk driving and and things like that, right? That these are laws that are put in place to protect us and protect others from ourselves. So on that note, let's break down from my perspective, some of the issues I see with Joe Rogan. You know, obviously he's, he's known for controversy. That's what he does. And to me, when I look at somebody like Joe Rogan, he's like that habitual line stepper, right? He's constantly trying to push that line and seeing how far he can go before somebody pushes back or says anything. And unfortunately, because of his power and his stature in the industry and how big of an audience he has, many people 
are not going to push back, you know, because they want to be a part of that little club that he has that literally can help make or break their career. He does have that kind of power. But when I look at his show, you know, and, and you talk about some of the guests that, that he has on, I mean, I mentioned Alex Jones, which is somebody who spews all kinds of lies and conspiracy theories, claims that, you know, the Sandy Hook massacre, that elementary school in Connecticut that had the mass shooting was a hoax. You know, things like that is dangerous, right? Because you not only you look at imagine being the parent of one of those children who was who was killed. You know, imagine hearing somebody just spewing lies like this on a gigantic platform like that. Right. But on top of that, what do you think happens when people believe that kind of nonsense? Right. There was a you know, this was a few years ago when they were going to have a memorial so- service for it where you were going to have people out there boycotting it and protesting the memorial service for it because they believed it was a hoax, right? And I believe it was like the Hells Angels who had to step in and say, we're going to be security there. You guys are not going to be coming anywhere near that school. But that's what I mean. You have this segment of the population who just needs a, a, a you know, a convincing story to get activated to go do something stupid. Again, i.e. January 6th. And Joe Rogan can say all he wants. Well, I push back. You know, I ask him, how do you know this? How do you know that he can push back all he wants, but you're still giving a known liar, someone who can incite potential violence, a platform to spew their hate. And that's where the problem comes into play, because the only reason you're doing it is just because you want the attention that comes from you stirring that pot. And it's the same thing with the COVID stuff. It's like, you know, you have these people putting out known misinformation. And sure, you could be saying you're doing research because you want to hear both sides of the argument. And I think to a degree, that's fair. But there are certain things that are just known lies and that you're not hearing, you know, uh, conflicting arguments at that point. You're just having somebody lie again on a massive platform that could lead to people potentially putting their own lives in danger. And then moving on to kind of these new things that have popped up with the N word compilation video, the comment about, you know, the black neighborhood feeling planet of the apes and then him apologizing, him putting out his his um, his video apologizing for for those comments. To me, that was all I needed to see. The apology is kind of what set me over the edge of feeling like, oh, man, like, no, this this dude just doesn't get it. And he needs to be taught some sort of a lesson, because when you hear the the apology, you know, he, he, he talks about the N word compilation that he was in those moments quoting verbatim, you know, old uh, things from television, you know, old TV shows from television that used to use those words old comedy acts, all that, those kinds of things. Right. And he was saying, you know, that's why he, he felt okay with, with using it. And again, we're talking at least 24 times, you know, and to me, when you look I don't, I don't see how any white man in America thinks that they have a free pass to use the word. Like it, it literally, when you think about it, it doesn't add any context to your story. It doesn't add anything. You could have just said the N word and it would still would people would still get the message. Like, man, I can't believe they used to say that on TV, but that, to me points to a bit of the cockiness of Joe Rogan and a bit of the need to kind of poke the bear, if you will, that Joe Rogan has that he wants to see if he's going to get called out for doing this, right? He's like, he wants to enjoy a bit of the adrenaline rush of saying a word he knows he's not supposed to say, but he's, he's kind of covering it in a way that he thinks he's going to get a pass on it. And again, that shows his character. He, he wants to continue stirring that pot. And then, then to me, the most egregious part of the apology where I just had to kind of shut it off was when he begins to talk about this joke he made about being in the black neighborhood and it being feeling like he was in Planet of the Apes or in, in Africa. And with that, 
it's like he's not even, you know, even blatantly apologizing for that. He's just saying it was a, a joke he was making, uh, you know, didn't mean any offense by it and that he's not a racist. And I think I want to make a, a, a big distinction here is that you there's a difference between being a bigot and someone who has racist tendencies, you know, and racist tendencies could be, you know, conscious things that you do or say. And it could also mean subconscious things that you learn somewhere that you might not even necessarily recognize as racist or try and excuse as not racist because you feel like you don't actually hate black people. Right. So I'm not saying that the man has a Klan hood in, in his closet and burns you know, crosses on the front yard of black families on the weekends that, you know, it doesn't have to be that extreme. And I think that's what people miss is, oh, I don't think Joe's a racist. He employs black people. That does it like, what are we talking about here? You can still have, you know, racial bias that you are ignoring or maybe not aware of. And, and that's still something that needs to be reckoned with, right? So to me, it's the idea that Joe Rogan, as a white man, felt comfortable enough to make a joke that likened black people to animals, right? And, and a joke that stems from decades of, of actual blatant racism and hatred. And then to me, what the proper apology would have been was to say, you know, I I didn't realize that I had some sort of subconscious racism that was instilled in me that I thought it was okay for me as a white man to make that kind of joke. And that to me would have been the the apology that made sense. Like, okay, he's actually having a bit of a reckoning with what's so wrong about this kind of stuff. But that's not what he did. Instead, he tried to make it, you know, Oh, it's just a joke. You know, oh, I, I had the greatest time at that movie theater watching that movie in a black neighborhood. Like all this kind of stuff is, is the same equivalent saying, well, I have black friends, so I can't be racist type of shit. Right. And hey, Joe doesn't see that he's doing doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. He has plenty of people around him that are trying to empower his point of view. So then you say, OK, it has to go to the top. Then it has to go to the company that's cutting him a check and giving him this platform. Well, Spotify gave him one hundred million dollars and has chosen to stand by him. And this is a, a quote from from Spotify's um, CEO, Daniel Eck, saying, quote, while I strongly condemn what Joe has said, and I agree with his decision to remove past episodes from our platform, I realize some will want more. And I want to make one point very clear. I do not believe that silencing Joe is the answer. We should have clear lines around content and take action when they are crossed. But canceling voices is a slippery slope. Looking at the issue more broadly, it's critically thinking an open debate that powers real and necessary progress. Interesting. Oh, and and, and Spotify has decided, um, be, you know, as a result of this, they're going to pledge $100 million to, quote, audio content from historically marginalized groups. So basically, they're saying, we're just going to do some rich people shit and throw some money at this problem. And, and, and hey, that's good enough. Now it goes away. And that's the that's the issue right here where, you you know, to me, people can be posting Black History Month things all, you know, all uh, all month long, these companies pretend like they're an ally. Spotify has a banner at the top of their app about Black History Month. But when the money comes, the money's involved, you see people's true colors. And I think Spotify is showing their true colors here. They're saying, hey, we don't agree with what he's doing, but we don't want to censor him. And i.e. that's saying we're making too much damn money from him. He means too much to our subscriber base and our platform that we're not going to take him off because at the end of the day, any press is good press, right? Even bad press, even that, I guarantee you his views have probably gone up. People are kind of trying to check out the back catalog, the controversy, right? All these different things. This is all making Joe Rogan's podcast 
that much bigger. People who never would have talked about his podcast before, me being one of them, are now discussing it, right? So in their eyes, it's become it's becoming bigger than ever. And that is a positive when we're talking about a capitalistic society that values money over what's actually right and wrong and over people. And to be frank, I've done some work with Spotify before. You know, I've been a guest on on Spotify shows and they've had me on panels and things like that. I've never personally, you know, had an issue with with them. I, I've always had a, a great relationship and, and with the people that have worked there that I've met. But I also have to make the distinction that I don't agree with with the way that they're they're handling this this situation, especially given that half-assed apology that he put out there, which obviously shows that he neither has real empathy for this or an actual understanding as to why it is so wrong. And that's the problem because without uh, an understanding, you know, and, and without having actual empathy, he's liable to go and do more and more bullshit like this again. And bringing it full circle, when I started this talking about regulation, obviously you have companies like Spotify who aren't going to regulate this themselves, right? They have too much financial investment in it, which is why the government needs to have some sort of body that oversees these types of things. I understand that podcasting is supposed to be freedom and all that, and it still can be, right? But there has to be some sort of clear confines, especially when you're talking about being on the gigantic major platforms like a Spotify, something like the FCC that exists, you know, uh, policing radio essentially can do can be installed for things like podcasting. Podcasting is still like the wild, wild west, and it can't be like that forever because you're talking about the danger when somebody has a gigantic platform like a Rogan and then goes out there and puts out misinformation or potentially puts out information or instigation that causes, you know, we could say a riot potentially one day, something like that, right? Then who's to blame? They have to share in some sort of blame and, and we have to be protected from ourselves, essentially. We're not talking about you know, Joe Rogan on his like on some random website putting up his podcast and that's that. He's a part of a gigantic network, you know, and and those networks need to begin to be seen just like, you know, these radio stations or these television networks, you know, and they need to be um policed accordingly. And last thing I'll say is I'm I'm not one of these people who's like, cancel, cancel, cancel. I don't believe in cancel culture, but I believe in making sure that if somebody does something fucked up, they repent for it. You know, they actually do the work to to understand why it was fucked up and that they show us that they are willing to invest in learning from from that mistake and invest in trying to grow from it and see where where the issue that they had was you know i don't believe we throw them in the trash we give them an opportunity to actually you know learn from this but to me again it seems like joe rogan isn't interested in that because he doesn't really believe he did anything wrong and he has too many cronies around him supporting him and and patting him on the back telling him the same thing now that went on way longer than I that I anticipated it, it to, but I just think it's a really interesting kind of conversation uh, that a lot of people are having, and and I feel like I haven't addressed it yet. And I'm sure there are gonna be people who disagree with what with what I'm saying. I just know the power that a lot of these people have, these giant platforms have, and the potential danger that could come from them just being able to say any nonsense that they want. Because if you and and last thing I'll say, last thing, because if you don't begin to make an example as it happens, right, maybe. Maybe someone like Joe Rogan isn't going to be the fire starter that makes something crazy happen. But people seeing him get away with this and getting paid a gigantic check and being able to keep it and no repercussions when he does something wrong will then lead to somebody who actually has the intention of causing harm, feeling like they have free reign to do so and feeling like they're empowered and, and things like this will inspire them to do so, seeing that there are no repercussions or consequences. Now I'm done. Uh, with that said, let's let's get into some positivity, man. Our me hint this segment. Talk about some people who are doing some positive things and 
and having a really positive moment. Before that, though, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen, very sexy push-up bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. Now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, Elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. All right, so the episode's running a little bit long, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get to this a bit quick. I mean, you you talk about the the Oscar announcements, right? For for the Oscars this year, and you had Latinos, uh, a number of Latinos being nominated, right? You had Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley, and and Guillermo is a Mexican-born director. Uh, let's see, which I haven't seen this movie yet, but they received four nominations, including Best Picture, Best Costume Design, Best Cinematography, and Best production design and he actually won in 2018 for the shape of water uh of course encanto received several oscar nods it was nominated for uh best original score as well as best original song for dos oruguitas which is a song that was actually uh both music and lyrics were written by linwell miranda then you also have uh, ariana debose receiving an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actress for her role as Anita in West Side Story. And then you also have Please Hold, which is also nominated for an Oscar, receiving uh, a nod for Best Live Action Short. And that one was directed and co-written by K.D. Davila, who is Mexican-American. So listen, you know, we out here, man. This is what I'm, I'm trying to tell y'all when I talk about 
we are having a moment and we have to take advantage of it. And that leads even more into like the next thing I want to quickly uh, celebrate is that Netflix has announced the an urban Latin music reality competition show called La Ferma. And they are now scouting for talent. And they have a, a pretty dope cast of people who are going to be involved in this project. So they're saying this is going to be like an American Idol, you know, type of series aimed to find the newest star of urban Latin music. And they're going to be mentored by various artists. And this includes uh, people like Yandel, Lex, Tiny, Nikki Nicole, and Raul Alejandro. So again, we are out here. And they're saying that it's the first time that Netflix opens a Spanish language casting. And if you are an artist, you can go to netflix-tebusca.com uh, and you can submit your casting video. I just think it's dope. I mean, you're ta- again, I say this all the time, but we are genuinely having a moment. We have to take advantage of it. And then we have to support these things when they begin to um, get released to the world. You know, we have to make sure that they're trending in the top 10 and all that kind of stuff that we watch it and that we we support it. So more projects like this can be made and our people can continue to have platforms to be elevated on. Now, with that said, man, talking about elevating people and giving them platforms, I want to hear from y'all in our Ask a Gringo segment. I want to hear from y'all in our Ask a Gringo segment. Ask a Gringo. Uh, I have a question. All right, so I spent some of last weekend, I think it was, or, or some of maybe this this week at some point at night, watching the Netflix movie, the Tinder Swindler. And I've seen a bunch of y'all on, on Instagram posting about this on social media. Uh, anybody that hasn't seen it, it's basically this dude who would use Tinder to pick up women in, in Europe and he would portray himself as this incredibly rich and successful guy and private jets and, you know, designer clothing, all this kind of stuff. And he was claiming to be like the son of some diamond, uh, you know, billionaire or whatever. And then you know, after dating them for a few months or whatever it is, he would claim that he has these enemies that are after him. They've frozen his bank accounts and all these things. And he needs to borrow money from these women. And apparently he's really good at this because he had women giving him hundreds of thousands of dollars. Meanwhile, he's jet setting around Europe, you know, fucking partying it up in Mykonos and doing God knows what, uh, you know, enjoy living his best life basically while ripping these these women off. And it's gotten some mixed reviews as far as people feeling bad for these women because you know, and I'll, I'm not even gonna lie, like, at, at first, it was like, well, you know, how, how bad do I feel for you that you basically want to hang out with this guy purely because he was rich, essentially, and you want to fly on his private jet? Um, You know, so it, it, it does cause a bit of that kind of like, you know, well, maybe if you weren't a gold digger, this wouldn't happen type of thing. You know, obviously, I still feel empathetic. Like, people are, somebody's literally like $200,000 in debt for no reason, and they're having to pay that off. But at the same time, maybe if you didn't value money and status so much, you wouldn't be in that situation. So it goes both ways. So I wanted to ask y'all, just generally speaking, is money an important element when it comes to choosing a partner? Because obviously these women were attracted to the money. Oh, and the thing that pissed me off was they they played this Marilyn Monroe clip, like this one woman quoted it. And it, it was she was basically saying like the same way for a man that a woman being attractive isn't necessarily like the end all be all, but it's definitely a great positive. She was flipping that and saying that, you know, the way that if a man is wealthy, it's not the end all be all, but it's a great positive, which to me, we're, we're making a, like a, a false comparison. We're comparing like, you know, apples to broccoli or something like that. It just doesn't, that doesn't add up to me. So I'm going to read a few uh, responses that I got on here. I like this one from at Nicolosa underscore Vega. She says, uh, 
their current money status isn't as big of a factor as much as if their ambition is aligned with yours. And this one I like a lot. Like to me, your current financial situation isn't as important as your desire for for greatness and to create something, you know, because I, I think if you as long as you have that desire and want for more and 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 that hunger to work hard and 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 all of the above, like I think the money will eventually come, you know. And I'm just piggybacking off of what you said, but I think that a lot of people, when they're superficial in, when it comes to money, they they'll often kind of like you know move the goalposts a little bit and and be like, oh well, you know, I don't want a guy who can't support himself or where or where money's going to be an issue in our life. And it's like I yeah I I, I completely understand that. But you really, if you're being completely honest with yourself, you're more in love with the status that comes along with dating somebody who's financially wealthy. You know what I mean? Like, that's really what it what it is. Like, you know, there that you can be financially stable and have money in a good way and, and you know, have and have your money uh, right and all those kinds of things. That doesn't mean you need to be flying around on private jets and things like that, you know, and and bottle service at the biggest clubs in the world and exclusive VIP this and that. Like that is status at the end of the day. So you are trying to make yourself feel better about being shallow and being attracted to status by saying, I want somebody who's, um, you know, financially stable type of thing. That's what I think we often see. All right, let's see. uh, At Jade writes it. She says, in your 20s, maybe not as much. We're all out here broke trying to make it. But I think as you get older and align your values, including what money means to you, it should be a conversation. $100,000 $100,000 a year salary workaholic probably won't find as much in common with the $25,000 a year part-time gig type of person, and they're not likely to share the same financial goals. There should probably be a conversation who's footing the bills in the relationship because it's likely to be unequally yoked. But if a sugar baby finds their perfect match and has other, quote, talents to exchange and everybody's happy, live your life. And then she, she ends by saying, but no, I don't feel bad for those women. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one on that one. But... um. I mean, sure, if everybody's happy, whatever it is, if, if you if the status that that man brings you is something that makes you somehow some way incredibly happy, you're OK with that. By all means, I guess, go ahead and do it. Not for me, but I, I, I don't think that that's like a fulfilled life. I think you're you're going to feel empty at certain points, you know, not having somebody who gives you anything aside from financial stability, you know. So a couple people said this one um, at Rebecca underscore DLM. No, the way they, they manage money is important. At Elizabeth underscore ZR said he doesn't have to be rich, but needs to be good at managing money. And that, yeah, I, I understand all that kind of stuff. I think, you know, somebody who is like toxically spending all of their money living check to check, but like they're spending their money on like, you know, buying Jordans that come out, you know, every every month or something like that. And that's what their money is going towards. That is where I can see you have begin to have a bit of an issue because it's like, all right, well, you're not prioritizing real life and you're you're spending your money and wasting your money on shit that you don't need essentially right and and it's because of that that we're struggling so i completely agree with that i think somebody who i think people who have you know a good relationship with money um as far as you know being in a relationship with somebody like that is incredibly important because you just don't want somebody who's reckless out there you know potentially ruining your credit and their credit for no good reason there's a difference between like when you're building you're going through school, all of the above, right? You're working towards something. You're going to kind of take some of those financial hits. But if you're taking financial hits because you want to wear designer clothes for no reason and you can't actually afford them, that's where there's an issue. And I, I definitely agree with that. And a bunch of people said, you know, to, to end to close out, a bunch of people said, like, listen, it's not the the end all be all, but it definitely has to be a factor 
because at the end of the day, a marriage is a partnership. And I do, I do agree with that as well. I think, you know, what Jade kind of said is right. You know, it, it, I don't think it's a big deal if one person makes more money than the other, you know, um, to me, it's a partnership and you're all in, in together, especially if you have a real, you know, loving marriage, real loving relationship. But you need to be able to have those honest conversations about money, who's paying for what, you know, how this is going to get done, how much money is being saved, you know, et cetera, et cetera. How much, what's our budget for this month that we could spend on this and that? It's definitely going to be a topic of conversation. I just think that in cases like this, where women or, or men, you know, find themselves infatuated by somebody who has status and money. And that's the main driving factor towards them wanting to be around that person or entertaining that person. I think you also set yourself up to be in this really strange sort of power dynamic where you're literally relying on them for pretty much every aspect of your life. And oftentimes that leads to, you know, people getting taken advantage of, you know, be it infidelity or, you know, uh, abuse in, in its various forms, you know, whatever it might be. That power dynamic, I think, can oftentimes cause issues that that wouldn't have been there had money have not been the driving force you know uh for for you guys getting together that's all i'm saying now with that said let's quickly move into some conclusions to as we wrap all this up in a neat little bow time for conclusions mm. all right so this this episode went a little bit long i'm gonna i'm gonna try to keep this a bit short and sweet here i i just think overall, man, there's a lot of work to be done, right? When we talk about that school board member in Pennsylvania and the need to want to blame, and, and honestly, I don't know if the work will ever be completely done. I think you're always going to have people who exist in this vacuum and want to play that that blame game. But anytime somebody wants to say, oh, you know, uh, stop gaslighting people, you know, racism doesn't exist anymore. It's equal opportunity. Look at that. That is a person that literally is trying to point out, call out, and, and in literal sense, separate these kids from their fellow classmates because they came from somewhere else and i.e. are different, right? You don't want to give them the, the same opportunity for, for success. It's very obvious. So don't, don't let people say, oh, this doesn't exist anymore, racism, all that kind of, no, stop. Examples like this are perfect. These are perfect examples of these type of bias that happens in everyday life that we may or may not even be aware of. It still exists and it's still a conversation to be had. And then, I mean, then social media and all that kind of stuff. I've talked about this a ton of times. I think, you know, you really have to find a way to develop a healthy relationship with it and don't be so obsessed with it. Take breaks from it. And that's something I'm telling myself as well. You know, you have to not allow yourself to be so overly invested in it and, and you know, and regulate that. And when it comes to people like Joe Rogan and all that kind of stuff, man, it's like, listen, it's like Icarus, you, you fly too close to the sun at one point, you're going to you're going to end up getting burned by it. Right. So to me, Joe Rogan has been, you know, walking very close to the line. He's been flying very close to the sun. And it seems like he finally may have, you know, gotten too close now where he, you know, has actually gotten burned by it. And and again, I think people like that need to be made an example of that when you have a platform, you have a responsibility. And And sadly, you have so many people out there who would rather fight the war on on cancel culture, fight the war on overwokeness at the expense of ignoring people perpetuating hate, lies, and racism. Like their value, they value, you know, fighting the cancel culture war over fighting racism. And that tells you all you need to know about 
about those people. Whoever's defending him, like that, that's what they're doing. They care more about, you know, rebelling against cancel culture than holding somebody accountable for spewing hate and racism. Hmm. And on a positive note, shout out to everybody that's doing great things in our community. All the nominees for Oscars, it's incredible to see. The Netflix developing the show, incredible to see. And at the end of the day, just like Rogan, every every decision you make will have a reaction. That's actually quoting the Tinder swindler, I believe. So if you are chasing superficial things like money and status, you may begin to put yourself in situations that are less than positive. Just something to think about. I think morals and someone being just a good person, allowing that to be the thing that leads you and that you follow and that allows you to be attracted to others will probably put you in a better place than following superficial things like money. Just saying. Now, that's it. I'm done. I love y'all. appreciate y'all for all the, the support you give me at DJ Dramos on Instagram if you want to be a part of these conversations. I'll catch y'all on Tuesday with a brand new episode. So then have a great weekend. Stay safe. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.